from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Paul is standing up for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what the book of Galatians is all about. It's interesting. He doesn't commend the church here. He doesn't praise them or give them thanksgiving. He goes right into defending the gospel. And what happens, and as we see here, there's a group in the church there, and I call them the Judaizers, and they were those who believed that you had to keep the Jewish law for salvation. They were adding to salvation. And that's what the book of Galatians is all about. You have law, you have the law, and you have grace. And this book, it's an amazing short book, a lot of great truths in there. Uh, Martin Luther was highly impacted by the book of Galatians, and uh, some have called it the Magna Carta of the early church, or a miniature book of Romans. Instead of being the 16 chapters of Romans, it's got six here in Galatians. But we're going to have a word of prayer, and then we'll dive in tonight and get as far as we can on the book of Galatians. Father, we're so thankful for your love. I know there's been a lot of distractions tonight. It's been a lot of distractions all day long, it feels like, and I pray that, thank you that at least we got to where they can hear online tonight. I pray that you just bless the time that we have in your word, that you would just work and move and do what only you can do. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. When Jesus died on the cross, when he died, the Bible tells us that the temple veil was torn from top to bottom. And that veil symbolized the separation between the people and the presence of God. Because of sin, there was that separation. But what happened was, by Jesus' death, that separation had been paid for between God and man. And the temple sacrifices that they had sacrificed for so long, literally after Christ's death, meant nothing. But what we see is, and what you got to understand is the final sacrifice ever needed was Jesus Christ. He was the final sacrifice that was made for sin. But history tells us, and as we see, the Jews got right back into offering sacrifices again. They didn't understand. They didn't get that Jesus Christ took care of all of that. And, and what you, when we look at that, that's a typical human response. God removes a barrier, and then people put up another barrier as soon as possible and try to make it where it's self-sufficiency or I've got to do this or that for things to work right. But think about this. What God simplifies, men like to complicate. And that's the truth. And Paul, as we read those verses a few minutes ago, he's just talking about the fact that the gospel, don't mess with the gospel. If anyone preaches anything other than the gospel, let him be accursed. We go down to verse number 13. And Paul says in the same chapter here, for ye have heard of my conversion in times, my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in mine own nation, 
being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my father. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither went I to Jerusalem to them that were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. And what Paul is saying is, I knew all about the Jewish religion. I knew all about the legalism. And what Paul says, I was done with it. And then now here, the church in Galatia, they're bringing it back once again. And so as we look here tonight, I'm going to give you a simple breakdown and give you some truths through here. And the simple, I want you to see what I believe would be the key verse. would be chapter number 2 and verse number 14. The Bible says, But when I saw that they walked not uprightly, according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou, being a Jew, livest after the manner of Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? We look at this tonight, and we look at this passage of Scripture I want to give you a simple breakdown of the book, and this is how it would go. Number one, we see the personal side of it. Paul taught chapters one and chapter number two, the personal side of it. Paul shares his testimony of conversion, his authority as an apostle, and his stance that we shouldn't complicate or confuse the clear teaching of Scripture. Look at verse 21. The Bible says, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness cometh by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. And Paul just goes through in the first two chapters, it's more personal. And he does this a lot in his epistles that he writes, going through sharing his testimony or his authority as an apostle. And he just lets them know, hey, we don't need to confuse or complicate the scriptures. Number two, we see the doctrinal side of the book. The doctrinal side of the book. That's chapter 3 and chapter number 4. Chapter 3 and chapter number 4. We see right away in chapter number 3, Paul says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? They should not obey the truth before whose eyes Christ Jesus hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you, receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, and are now made perfect by the flesh? What you see in chapter 3 and chapter number 4, you see that Paul is dealing with legalism. And legalism, the way I would define that is, that's the doctrine that salvation is gained through works. And that's what they were teaching here, that if you did, if you followed the Jewish law, you needed those things to be saved. And that's not true. And that's what Paul was so frustrated about and why he was so defending the gospel. And I would say even in our day today, we deal with legalism. Be it in the same terms where there's a certain things, works you got to do for salvation, or there's the, the Baptist side of legalism. And there are a lot of Baptists that follow this. And that's where our standing in the Lord is kept or improved by the works that we do. And I want you to understand something tonight. 
There is nothing you and I can do to change our standing in Christ. Nothing. And sometimes we think, well, if I live this way or I do this, then maybe I can get, get in deeper. You're standing secure. If our standing could be lost or gained, we'd be in big trouble. Legalism is a false teaching that can be taught for justification. It just can't happen. Legalism is a false teaching that can be taught for sanctification. And Paul tells him, are you so foolish? Look at what the Lord had done in your hearts and in your life. And something that's interesting to note, these that this was written to, they were believers, right? They were believers that got going down the wrong track on things. Did that change their standing or did they lose their salvation? No, but they were taught the wrong thing. Had many people, and this is just a side note as we dive in tonight, had many people, well, what if there's this person, they trust Christ as their Savior, but then they start following all these false teachings? That can happen. That's why the Bible makes it clear the Great Commission. What's the Great Commission? To go and then baptize and then teach them the things of the Word of God so that no one else teaches them those false things, get them the true things of the Word of God. And so when we talk about the doctrinal things here, you've got to understand something. And as we think about this, you cannot improve your standing with the Lord. There are not certain things you do for your standing or to improve it. And what does Paul say? Look at verse number 6. He says, even as Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed, so they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. And what Paul's saying is, just think about it, it shows, the, he's like the head, the father of Israel, if you want to call him that was saved by faith. You can look at verse number 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the law cursed. For it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Verse 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And you say, what was the point of the law? The point of the law was not for us to keep all the law, because we can't keep all the law. The point of the law was to show us our unrighteousness, not our righteousness. The Jews' idea was the law showed me what I needed to do to gain favor with God or to get to salvation. No, the law is there to show me I can't keep the law. I can't keep all of it. I need help. That's the whole point of it. And so why the law? You think about it. Look at chapter 3, verse 21. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid, for if there had been a law given 
which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been given by the law. And go down to verse number 24. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. And so what is Paul saying here? As we look at that, and we look at those verses, the law showed us our need for Christ. That was the point of the law. That man could not keep all the law. Because if you offend in one area of the law, you're an offender of the law. So the law showed us that we needed Christ. And so the law is very important because it showed us our need. But we live under grace today. And that's important for you to see and important for you to understand. And then in chapter number 4, it goes into it, and it talks about, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant. And you keep on reading through here. And through chapter number 4, we see how we grow up in Christ. Paul's telling them you're worried about the religious traditions and the external shows And that's not the life that Christ came to give to you. Jesus, what did he do? He came and he fulfilled the law. What is the law? To love God with everything you have and to love your neighbor as yourself. You see, Paul's letting them know, you're not, you're not, what's the word I want to use here? You're free. You're a son. You're an heir. You're not in bondage anymore. We look at the end of the chapter, chapter number 4, and we look at Hagar and Ishmael, verse 28. It says, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he was born after the flesh, persecuted him that was born after the Spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what, nevertheless, what saith the Scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. And the Lord is trying to say, you're not in bondage anymore. And they're trying to go backwards and make the law a big part of things that didn't need to be. You say, well, what's the whole point? So you got the personal side, you got the doctrinal side. Then Paul lays out in chapter 5 and 6, he lays out the practical side. And Paul does this a lot in his epistles. Chapters 5 and chapter 6. So some would say then, if I'm not under the law and I'm free of the law, then I can live and do whatever I please, right? God forbid that that takes place. I think chapter 5 talks a lot about that. So if I don't have to, if if I'm not under the law, I can do anything. That's not true. And that's one of the big problems we have in Christianity today. You have those who are all law, and you have those who are all grace. And you don't have where Jesus was, the grace and truth in the middle of the two. It's important. What does Jesus go through in chapter 5 and chapter number 6? He just goes through the practical things about the Christian life. What are some of those? He teaches about the Spirit-filled life. Chapter 5 goes into great detail. And verse 16, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. 
And these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you are led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. And that goes through the works of the flesh, the fruit of the Spirit. We see these things before our eyes. And Paul teaches here just about the Christian life, the Spirit-filled life. Being saved, being a Christian, will lead to a different way of living. You see, if you're walking in the Spirit, the fruit fruit of the Spirit is going to be evident in your life, or it should be as a believer. And when you think about that, you've got to understand some things. And we see that before us. Who controls you tonight? Do you control yourself, or do you let the Spirit control you? That's what the Christian life is supposed to be. Another thing I'd remember is these are saved people. These people in the church in Galatia, they're saved. It means a Christian can walk in the flesh. Because it says right here, I've heard some Christians say, well, I can never walk in the flesh. Then you might as well throw Galatians chapter 5 out of the Bible. Because it says, walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Bible makes it very clear right here. The gospel that saves us is the gospel that can also change our lives and sanctify us on a daily basis. We as Christians got to get to the point, and we see the practical all throughout chapter number 5 here and even going to chapter number 6. One of the keys to the Christian life and the practical side of it is let the Spirit of God lead you in what you do. Your flesh is going to want one thing, and the Spirit's going to want something else. You know, the Jews, they were really caught up on the law. Well, let me just say this tonight. If you're following the Spirit and walking in the Spirit, you're going to be doing the right things. That's important to see. And Paul goes through here, and as we look at it, the grace of God will lead to repentance. It will lead us to right living. It will lead us to change. The spirit of the gra- the grace of God will lead us to holiness, and the grace of God will do a far better job of growing us in the Lord than the law ever could. True belief in Jesus will translate into a beautiful, holy, loving lifestyle. Christianity gets it backwards. They say, "I've got these set of rules. I do these rules, and I'm good." grace of God can change you and do a great work in your life. And that's what we need to happen. John Bunyan summed up the difference between the law and grace in a poem that he wrote. I want to read you his poem. Run, John, run, the law commands, but gives us neither feet nor hands. Far better news the gospel brings. It bids us fly and gives us wings. Grace is very important. And the gospel of grace, it will make you like Jesus, a true servant to others. You see, as he goes through there, he gives you the works of the flesh, the works of the spirit. It would be good sometime to go through those different things and see what, what things are evident in your life. As a Christian, we should be displaying the fruit of the spirit. If you have an orange tree, you don't pick lemons off of it, do you? If you have an orange tree, you don't get apples off of it. So a Christian should be bearing fruit in his life. That's how it should be. 
we look at chapter number 6, and then he goes just a little deeper and talks about, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. But bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Verse 7, be not deceived, God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh, what's going to happen? Shall of the flesh reap corruption. And he that soweth to the Spirit, shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And as we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Ye see how large a letter I write unto you with mine own hand. As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. From henceforth let no man trouble you, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. You know what happens when we focus on the law? When we focus on our traditions and our preferences? We exalt them above the Lord. And Paul makes it clear. But God forbid that I should glory in anything but what Jesus did. That's so important. Hey, church, let's make sure that we're a church that follows the gospel. Don't ever get caught up. Works do not get you saved. It's, our, it's faith in Jesus Christ. It's what he did for us. Works don't get you closer to God. Now, in our day-to-day -day relationship, I could go deeper into all that, and we could go to John 15. We go to several different places and look at that. But your standing with God is secure. When you're a son or a daughter, you are always a son or a daughter. And nothing can change that. And we need to, the gospel it comes down to, we need to lift up Christ. Lift him up. Don't get caught up in a lot of different things that this world might push at you. Follow, the, follow Jesus. Sum it all up this way. The gospel declares you don't have to do good works for salvation. The gospel declares you will do good works because of your salvation. And as we look at the entire book of Galatians, you see from the very beginning, Paul talks about grace, and he ends with this. Thank God for his grace to save a wretch like you and me. And don't ever lose sight of it. God's grace is wonderful beyond measure. I'm so thankful for his unmerited favor that he would save someone like me and give me all the benefits that he's given to me. And that should be the same for all of us. Let's pray.
Paul was standing up for the gospel. And church, let's just make sure in the days ahead in our world that we stand up for the truth of God, stand up for what's right, keep preaching the truth. And I love how Paul just goes through. He gives some personal there. He gives the doctrinal side of things. And then he puts the practicality behind it. And that's how a good sermon should be. A good sermon should have the doctrinal and then how to apply that doctrine and live it out. Father, we thank you.